<laughs> How I accidentally triggered a cold war between the dungeon master and the party. I want to preface this story by saying, first, I'm sharing this with the DM's permission. Second, no one involved bears any hard feelings from the conflict that happened. In fact, we're glad it happened, as it was an educational experience and is a great story. There's a bit of background to this story that's needed to really appreciate it. Our group was playing 5e, and all of us were all really new to the game. I was running a homebrew campaign, of which we were nearing the end. We had been playing for a few months, and the party had reached level 4. They all decided that they wanted to keep playing the same characters for the next campaign, so when we decided who the next DM would be, we worked together to transition the two campaigns. We decided that the reward for completing my campaign would be a free feat for everyone, and everyone would hit level 5. Furthermore, the only player who did not have any magic items yet would be granted one. The only character that did not have a magical item was the half-orc vengeance paladin named Todak. Todak mostly used his spells for shield of faith and cure wounds to keep us safe, so I decided to give him an offensive boost. I originally wanted to give him the sun sword, but I thought a legendary item for a level 4-5 character would be a bit much. I toned the attack and damage plus down to just plus 1 and replaced the radiant damage with a boost to his smites. His smite damage would be doubled. It took us a long time to discover what a mistake that was. As I said, he mostly used his spell slots for defensive spells. The new campaign starts and it is a lot of fun. A great story, a really cool world. We were loving it. But slowly things changed. We were noticing that our paths got more restrictive. Things that should require a simple roll had near impossible DCs and the encounters got crazy. We were all pretty buffed up so we could take them. But soon enough, there did not seem to be a perceptible strength difference between boss encounters and random thieves on the side of the road. Spells just sometimes did not work, and if they did, enemies would almost always pass their saves, way over what they needed. I started to get a little frustrated, but I understood that we were higher level than earlier, so it was going to be a little harder. But I did not like feeling railroaded, encountering random thugs with as much HP as dragons, and earning little to no EXP or loot for overcoming these challenges. There was just not really any in-world explanation for why even the most mundane thing was just as powerful as we were. One of our players decided he wanted to play something new, so unbeknownst to the rest of us, he and the DM arranged for a suicide mission for him. My character joined him and died as well. I had no issue with it, other than the fact that my beloved character, an orc barbarian warchief, went out to some thugs. But I'm very much aware that death is a part of D&D. Plus, this would give me an opportunity to make a build that would allow me to tell the DM, no, I'm going to do the things I want, and it will work. That's right, I made a lucky feat divination wizard. Now, of course, I actually tried to flesh out the character. I gave him a great backstory that tied into the quest, the current party, and gave the DM a lot of room to work with. He was a time wizard, reskin divination and necromancy spells, as well as spells like haste and slow, and hold person to be temporal manipulation. His whole build was rewinding time to give everyone a second chance to succeed. He was a deserter when the royal army tried to conscript all the wizards from the royal army. Since he had a lot of powerful people upset with him, he was really paranoid. I thought this tied well with all the divination spells he learned to help detect any threats. Meet Phineas Howell. The first encounter he had, we of course found some monsters on the side of the road that were just as strong as the last boss we fought. And so I thought there would be no better time to test out my I decide you failed your saving throw wizard. He forced a creature to fail a saving throw against Hold Person, trapping them in time. I then addressed the paladin. Todak, he's all yours. Out of character, you have advantage on attack rolls against him, and if you hit him, it's an auto crit. Also remember that doubles your smite dice. 
Also, remember your sword doubles smite damage. Toad Axe player lit up. With glee, he smote that monster into next week. Over 100 damage from a single blow from a level 5 character. There was silence at the table, as it dawned on everyone what this meant. No more being troubled by thugs with 100 plus HP and AC of 20. We were now as much in control of the dice as the DM. Or so we thought. Because when you go to war against the god of your world, you're going to lose. The DM only responded by introducing even tougher enemies. And we encountered a cult of techno-nerds that hated magic. Think the Equalists from Korra. When we first encountered them, Phineas told everyone to run, as he would be useless in the anti-magic field the cultist bracelets could generate. That's right, entry-level grunts in this cult were given bracelets that could cast a level 7 spell as a bonus action, with the AoE magnified 10 times. No, seriously, the AoE was 100 feet radius. This was a standard issue for every grunt. Again, we were still level 5 at this point. Phineas tells everyone to run and hightails it out of there. One or two others follow me, but the rest decide to fight. They win, and then when the DMPC catches up with us, he slams my character against the wall, holding him by his throat. Why did you flee, you coward? We could have died! Well, I would be useless against them, and I told everyone to run. You all had the same opportunity as me. Torin ran as well. Why aren't you mad at him and attacking him as well? The DMPC gave some excuse about why it was okay for Torin to run, and continued to badger me. I cast Prestidigitation on his breath to make it a little more bearable. Nice and minty fresh. Well, from that point onward, the enemy's saving throws only got higher and higher. Even with some awful forced portent rolls and a maxed out instat, they still beat the save sometimes. Eventually, we encounter an actual psychopath assassin, Bumpus. Bumpus decides he's just going to join our party. We kind of get railroaded into letting him. Well, Phineas, paranoid as he was, was not having any of that. So I developed a plan. I was going to have our paladin kill Bumpus in his sleep. I let the DM know ahead of time that this was my plan. I talked with the other players, and they were all okay with it. Phineas stays awake while everyone falls asleep, and uses his familiar to make sure Bumpus is asleep. Then he uses his familiar to wake up the paladin, and explain the plan by writing with his paw in the dirt. With some help from the familiar and portent rolls, Todak snuck over to Bumpus and rolls to hit. Nat 20, double smited, 150-ish damage. Second attack, another 75-ish damage. Bumpus, the unholy psychopath assassin, jumps up like there's not a scratch on him and just wails on poor Todak. After two or so rounds, we discover Bumpus's AC is something like 23, higher than that of an ancient dragon, and his HP is something like 750, higher than the Tarasque. He passes every saving throw and just demolishes our poor paladin. The DMPC sides with Bumpus as Bumpus continues to tear our party apart. It turns out that we were eventually supposed to fight Bumpus, but only after finding the MacGuffin that would allow us to fight on his level. We fled, but in the end, as a result of physical, mental, and emotional damage, we lost three of our six characters. Some of the players decided their characters were just done with adventuring after that encounter. I got rid of Phineas, as I was tired of having magic users being constantly nerfed, and we lost our main damage dealer, so I decided to make another min-max monstrosity. A human variant battlemaster fighter with archery fighting style, crossbow expert, sharpshooter, and alert. I rolled in front of everyone and was able to get his decks up to 20. I was ready to quick draw cowboy shoot this campaign into oblivion. I still hadn't learned my lesson. Of course, the more damage my character was capable of doing, the higher the HP of the monsters would be. The more accurate my attacks were, the higher the AC. I caused a Cold War arms race of the PCs versus the DM. Eventually, after the fighting became railroaded, the DM messaged us to figure out what went wrong. Everyone was frustrated and it felt like we were against each other 
and the only way we could have fun was by beating the DM. We had a heart-to-heart, -heart, and we decided to put that campaign away for a while and play something else. I realized that min-max playing is only going to escalate threats and lead to conflict. The DM learned to be more collaborative and not railroad. We still play in the same group, and we are loving our campaign, where I play a mute, totally unoptimized water ganasi land druid. The game has not been made any less fun for me limiting my character, and the new DM has been very collaborative. I hope that eventually we can return to the other campaign and finish it. It really was a great story, and a very cool world. Now that we're all a little more experienced, and a little wiser, I think it could wind up being beautiful. That turned out much better than I had expected it to. It's pretty refreshing when everyone just talks about what's wrong and they fix it. Please let us know what you think. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel All Things D&D. Our next video will be posted in two days, so stay tuned for more amazing Dungeons & Dragons content.